Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. This afternoon, we're going to be talking about names. And the title, if you're taking notes, which I encourage you to do, is called What's in a Name? What's in a Name? And does anyone know, does anyone pick up on that reference, where it's come from? Where? Yell it out. Romeo and Juliet, exactly. Um, There was was one person in all of the Mount Adam campus, one person knew that. So Jordan, you're up there with the best. Not surprising, you're very, very clever. Um, So Shakespeare puts that in his play. So this is Romeo talking to Juliet, right? So bit of bit of background. Romeo and Juliet is all about the Montagues and the Capulets, the two families warring at each other. They don't like each other. Um, they can't be together because their families hate each other so much. Um, and so Romeo says, well, what's in a name? It doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter what my name is. Let's be together. Um, but I did this this afternoon, go me, to say that names do matter and names are important. And we're going to dive into the, the Word of God and see what we can learn from names. Um, so I'm not going to waste too much more time because I've got a bit to get through. Um, so I like my name, Justin. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Justin. Been here, or well, was at this church for quite a long time. I think it was seven years. Led the youth with Bethany. Co-campus pastor here with the Kennedys as well. I like my name. I don't love my name. It doesn't have like a, a really cool story or Bible meaning or anything like that. It's not like Josiah or Isaac or, or Esther. Or there's, there's so many names around this room that have really cool, uh, a number one named after a really cool character in the Bible. So you can like really, don't, yeah, sorry, Lachlan, don't, don't be offended, don't be offended. <laughs> James. <laughs> so, um, yeah, cool, cool Hebrew name. So you can either be called, named after a, a character in the Bible, a person in the Bible, and, and glean off their experiences they did. And also you have the cool name. So. Names like Asher. So Asher was a leader of one of the 12 tribes of Israel, probably the most successful tribe. Um, and his name means, let me remember, um, happiest one. Or you could have a name like Amos, who was a shepherd turned prophet. Great thing to live up to. Um, his name was called Born of God. Or Boaz and his part in Ruth and Naomi's story. His name is also uh, Sharp Mind. All these amazing people that when you give a name to a kid that they can live up to and they can read the story and think, oh, there's, there's, I can relate to that person because of their name. Um, so you've got all these great stories, all these great people. My name was, um, I was actually named after a Days of Our Lives character. Um, my my, my mum's, my dad's favourite Days of Our Lives character at the time, late, late 80s, early 90s, so um, got a really high standard to live up to with that guy, I'm sure. Um, he, although he did die and come back a few times, so that's pretty impressive, but... But I've already got someone I'm following to, who's already done that. Jesus has already done that. So I, that's not that impressive. The Jesus has already done that. Yes, that's, I'm following him, not this Justin guy. Um, so yeah, names are cool. Names are important. Um, they're great reminders as well. So not just for the kids, if, if it's your name, but also for the parents. So it's school holidays. And I don't know if, how many people here have kids, but... Like, I'm assuming you say your kid's name at least once or twice or three times a day. Sarah, how many times would you say Ellie Billy a day? Far too many, exactly. So the, the name you give your kid is a great reminder to the parent as well. Let's keep that in mind. We're going to go somewhere with that. 
in the Western world, our names are pretty dull, pretty dim. They do have other meanings, but the Hebrew language is, is pretty special. Um, like I said, I was named after Days of Our Lives character. Yes, that's fantastic. Um, Justin actually means to be just or fair, um, and I'm growing into that, I think. Um, I don't know if I was the most fair person when I was younger, and if I'm in any kind of competition, I'm not going to be fair. I'm just going to try to win. Um, so I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still growing into my name. Um, but that's why names matter, because it gives you something to aim for. Names aren't the be-all and end-all, but they do matter. And they matter, especially today when we're, we live in a world that's fixated on naming themselves and labeling themselves. So, Every, all the media, everywhere you look, someone is trying to name themselves or label themselves something. I'm not going to dig, dive too deep into it, but I'm, I'm, I, wouldn't, I could never name myself or, or relabel myself because I'm not mine to label. I'm not mine to, to rename. I've been bought, bought at a price. The King of Glory has bought my life. He, he died for me. He, he gave his life for me. He's, he's the one I live for. The Bible says that uh, he, he lives in me. Not, I don't even live this life. I've been crucified with Christ. And it's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. Now, he's the one who endured the cross, scorning at shame for the joy set before him. He bought my life. My life isn't mine to rename. Now, I wish I had an hour and a half to really go into identity and our identity in Christ, but obviously I don't have that. So I'm going to give you one passage and two points. And then we'll see if we've got some time. I've got a little bit more bonus material. Um, let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 to 19. This is where Peter confesses as the Christ. Joe is all over it. Verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, who do, you, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He even gives them the answer there. He gives them the answer. 14. So they said, this is the disciples saying, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Verse 15. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? It's a very, very important question. Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are, the, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Good answer, Pete. Good job. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. You haven't thought of this in your, in your brain. Your brain hasn't told you that. But my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth be loosed in heaven. Pretty cool stuff. Amazing, amazing passage in the Bible. Okay, so do, does everyone know what Simon Bar-Jonah means? Simon Bar-Jonah? Yeah, Simon, son of Jonah. Simon of Jonah, essentially. Um, and so it's interesting that Peter, uh, so Jesus renames Peter Simon, son of Jonah, to just Peter. He takes away the, the family line part of it. It's interesting. Another way you could say Simon Bar-Jonah in the Justin translation is Simon, who finds his identity in who his father was and who his father was, I now name you Peter. No, you're not who your family was. Good, bad, or indifferent. Your family line, your inheritance is found in Christ. Now, Jesus knew that Peter needed to know this 
It's something that is so crucial to us and our identity that we could have a fantastic family with a fantastic upbringing. Fanta good. You are very blessed if you have that. You are extremely blessed. But don't lean on that. Don't, don't rely, that, don't, don't think just because your family is functional and in church and serving God and loving God and loving each other that you can just coast through life. You are God's inheritance, whether your family line is good or whether it's this completely dysfunctional. Now your inheritance comes from Father God. Now as soon as you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, you are now co-heirs with Him, which means you have the same Father. And so your, your family tree, instead of it being me, my mum and dad, their mums and dads, their mums and dads, it goes from being me, the Father God. That's it. It's end. So any, any generational curses, any genetic diseases, any um, behaviours or addictions that have come through your family line, they, can, they stop at you in Jesus' name. You don't have to accept them. Amen? You don't have to accept them because there's no more flow for them to actually reach your life because your family line is through Christ. Whether good or bad, your family line is, is, is null and void. It's all through Jesus. That's your identity. Number one, a son and daughter of the most high God. Super important for us to remember. What, you know, I said there's multiple meanings to different names in the Hebrew language. Simon also means hearer, as in like listener, hearer. And then Bar Jonah also means of a dove. And so Simon's name could, would be commonly translated to hearer of a dove. And so the interesting thing is throughout scripture, especially when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit is shown as a dove descending from heaven. Everyone remembers the story, yes? Jesus is baptised, dove comes down. So Simon is also named hero of the Spirit, which is pretty cool. That's a pretty cool gift. And there's plenty of evidence to, to, to show it. When, when Jesus found Simon and his two brothers fishing, you know, when Jesus took them out into the boat and they said, oh, we haven't caught anything, and he says, oh, just chuck the net on the other side, and they pulls in a haul of fish they can't even handle, Peter straight away hits the ground and he says, depart from me, you're a, you're a holy man. There's the spirit talking to him. He, he could pick up what other people didn't. When, when Jesus called the disciples out onto the water to walk on it, all the disciples heard it in here. So I can't do that, that just doesn't make sense. But Peter heard it in here through the spirit. He's a hearer of the spirit. And in this passage that we've just spoken, that we've just read through, Peter's the only one who pipes up and says, you're the Christ. He didn't, and Jesus said, you didn't hear that in your head. You heard that in your spirit. So Peter, this is a, an obvious gift of his. Great gift, amazing gift. People would be very envious of it. So why does Jesus rename him? Why does Jesus rename Peter, hero of the dove, hero of the spirit, to just Simon, hero of the dove, to just Peter, the rock? The only really di real difference I can think of is hearer of the spirit is a verb, a doing word, and rock is a noun. So Jesus knew that Peter, 
to, to be able to do what he was going to do, his identity couldn't be in what he, what he could do. His identity couldn't be found in what he could contribute. His identity couldn't be found in what he could. No matter how great the thing he could do was, his identity had to be found in who God says he was. Not in what he could do. Not in what he could achieve. Not in, not in any of that. Just in, what, just in what Jesus said he was. The flashy, amazing gift that he had been given, it's not his identity. The, the rock the stable, unglamorous noun that Jesus gives him is, is what Jesus wants him to know that he is named after. You're not what you can do. Or what you can do is not who you are. Because one day you'll achieve a whole lot and you'll do, a, do really, really well and you'll be on cloud nine. Then eventually you'll stuff up and you'll be... I don't know what the opposite of cloud nine is. You'll be down in the dumps. And God doesn't call you to be that. God calls you to be stable, consistent, like a rock, knowing that no matter what I do, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, whether I'm great, mediocre, or not very good at all, Jesus, I am who Jesus says I am, and that does not change. Amen? Amen. Amen. What you can do is not who you are. Who your family was is not who you are. Let's turn, no, it's not turn. Um, who remembers the story of Joseph? Joseph gets chucked in the, in the pit, gets sold into slavery twice, rises the ranks, and then um, gets accused of raping the late uh, Potiphar's wife, and then gets thrown into prison, and then he ends up being Pharaoh's right-hand man. Everyone remembers the story? Yep. Um, so that's in Genesis chapter 37, verse 50. That's 13 chapters. So let's, let's turn to Genesis 37. We're going to read through those 13 right now. I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not. <laughs> We're not doing that. The interesting thing is, how, how did Joseph, through all, of those, all those trials, all that turmoil, always rise to the top? I've always wondered it. What about Joseph, after he was almost beaten to death by his brothers and thrown in a pit and then sold into slavery and then sold again into slavery. How then did he have all that happen to him, not just be the victim, but actually rise to the top and actually be fruitful? And then not just that, from that moment, to, be, to have done the, the correct thing, to do the right honourable thing and to be blamed and to be thrown into prison for no reason. And then again, to rise and be fruitful. How? That... That is like a massive key to life because life will throw you curveballs. They say there's no such thing, the only guarantees in life is death and taxes. I think it's death, taxes and a curveball or multiple curveballs you're going to see coming. There's, Jesus doesn't say if trouble comes, he says when trouble comes. It's, 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 it's a part of life. We need to be ready to, to face it and to be fruitful in, in, in the face of it. Can't let it get us down, whether it's bad news from work, whether it's bad news from a doctor, whether it's bad news from a um, family member, something in your control that you've done, something out of your control that you couldn't, couldn't do anything about. How do we continue to be fruitful? And so earlier in the message I said, when you name your kids something and you say it repeatedly, it's a reminder to you 
Well, I thought, well, what's, what's Joseph's reminder to himself? What did he name his kids and what message is he trying to remember for himself? So when his kids are out in the field working or, or playing, yells them in and it's straight away, it's another reminder. And so if you, if you look at Joseph's two kids, he has two sons. His first son's name was Manasseh. And his second son's name was Ephraim. And so in the Hebrew, Manasseh means God has helped me to forget. And then the second bit's even better. Ephraim means to be fruitful. So, so Joseph has named his kids, I think, a key to what has helped him to live his life. It's, it's God has helped me to forget so I can be fruitful. God has helped me to forget so I can be fruitful. What do you need to forget to be fruitful here? Do you need to forgive? What bitterness do you need to let go of? God has helped me to forget so that I can be fruitful. You know, you don't... I'm not saying to completely cut off the past because you can still learn. Learn from the past, but don't lean on the past. If you feel yourself always going back, let me encourage you to go to God and to, to break whatever that is, that, that hold that the past, that memory has on you, break it in Jesus' name. That's how, that's how Joseph stayed fruitful in the midst of anything that was thrown at him. Let that bitterness go. And it doesn't just have to be bad things. It doesn't have to just be bad memories. If you find talking about the good old days, then you're, you're, you're too stuck in the past. Because today's a good day. day. Thinking too much about the good old days stops you from making these the good days. So let me encourage you to shake off the past, to, to, to lay hold of what God has for you in front, of, in front of you. The good old days, it's fine to reminisce. It's fine to remember and have fond memories and to, and to laugh and to look at photos and think back. And, oh, how great was that? But if you're finding yourself constantly going back to how good life was back then, then you're missing out on, on the life you're having today. And you don't want to miss out on life today. You know, you're not who your family has been. What you do is not who you are. God, help me to forget so I can be fruitful. And, and your best days are not behind you. If, you. if you're constantly thinking about the good old days... Odds are you're thinking that your best days are behind you because you're so, so rearward focused. So let's be people who, who look, tomorrow, look to tomorrow with, with anticipation, with some expectation that God is the God who he says he is. Because he's, he's the same yesterday, he's the same today, and he's going to be the same tomorrow. He's good, he's kind, he's faithful, he is loving, and he is for us. There's nothing that's impossible for him. His desires are, are only good. And he has the ability to, to move all the chess pieces on the board any way he wants. Um, Jen, can I get... Oh, actually, we'll get the, the whole band back up. We're going to do, do another song, aren't we? Beautiful. So let me, if, you're not, if you haven't been taking notes, I'm going to give you a chance to start now and give you the four points. It's better if you start from the beginning, but I'm going to give you a, a get out of free jail card. You're not who your family has been. 
good, bad, or indifferent. What you can do is not who you are. Sometimes we need to forget something in order to be able to move on. And the best days are ahead of you. Four key reminders from two relatively common passages that we all knew the stories. We all knew the stories. But I'm believing the Holy Spirit is revealing some things this morning to each and every person in varying scales. It might just be a small reminder. This might have the, this might be the catalyst moment that really shifts something really massive in you. We're going to start singing, I surrender. I think that's the place to start. When you're you're not sure what to do next or what part of this really does apply to you, let let, let me encourage you not to just wave it away and think, no, none of that really applies to me. I would would encourage you to have the opposite attitude and think, well, okay, does any of this actually apply to me? Does any of this really... Because ultimately, we all want to we all want to change. We all want to live better lives. We all, all want to be more like Jesus. So I don't want to stick my head in the sand. Because you can and you'll get through, but you won't live your best life. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.